Hey friends, welcome to the People Priority Podcast, where we dig into topics that help you show up as your best self for you and your circle of influence. I'm your host, Julie Schneers, a teacher turned speaker, team culture consultant, and leadership growth coach who loves people. Join me here every week for conversations that will motivate, educate, and hopefully just inspire you to grow through the power of communication, connection, and confidence. Because you and your people, you're worth it. Hey guys, welcome to the People Priority, another episode with another incredible guest. I cannot wait for you to hear from Steph Silver. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, she is on a mission to enhance as many lives as possible through cultivating meaningful and memorable experiences in work and in life. Having lived in over 30 places before the age of 17, including campgrounds and homeless shelters, then building a life of abundance and love, Steph knows the power of seeing light in dark times, finding opportunity in failure, and seeking connection as a key to success. With over 20 years of experience building and growing brands, Steph is a brand, business, and life advisor. She doesn't fit our mold any better than she possibly does today. A best-selling author and an authentic and powerful speaker. Welcome, Steph Silver. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, man. Running. Okay, fun fact. I have to tell you how Steph and I met. We ran into each other at a little getaway in this sweet little town called Fredericksburg, Texas, and instantly vibed because everything about her is just wholesome and beautiful. And I knew right away in our conversation that she had so much to offer the people that I talked to, especially linked around the idea of confidence. And when you, when you read her story and the name of her book is Anywhere USA by Steph Silver, it is a bestseller already. And she just launched it. What? How long ago? September. So just a few months ago. I mean, congratulations on that. Thank you. That's so awesome. Uh, so the, the book is worth the read, especially when her journey along her path to who she is today is just a part of being in all the different spaces that you may be in right now as a listener. Yes, absolutely. So one of the reasons I wrote it for a couple of different reasons, it is my memoir. Um, I wrote it because it's a crazy, entertaining story that's easy to, to, to follow, but also because so many things have happened in my life that um, I continue to relearn the lessons or remind myself, like, I've been through something like this before. I know I can do this. I know I can get through it. But um, it's kind of like group therapy. You know, when you when you see that somebody's been through something then, and can get over it, that gives you confidence that you can too. Or if you see a habit or a um, a, a way of being that somebody else in your family has that you that you find as a challenge. If you know that somebody else is dealing with that, you, you realize that you can deal with it too and you can move past it and still find light and peace and success and abundance on the other side. The other thing that's really, really, I didn't even think about this until I looked at the pattern in the book um, and I realized that so many people think, every single day, when I get to X, that's mm. when I'm going to celebrate. That's when I'm going to yep. um, pat myself on the back. That's when I'm going to be successful. Mm. In my book journey, 
I realized, and not just in me writing it, but in the actual story of my life, that there were so many times where I felt like this is peace, this is love, this is good. And then we would just leave it, leave it all behind and start from zero, literally leave everything that wouldn't fit in our car and go to another state. Wow. Leave all the friends, family, furniture, stuffed animals, real animals, leave them all behind and start over. Live in a campground, go to a shelter, then go to the thrift store and buy new things. (laughs) Ah. And so the lesson in that is, there's multiple lessons, but um, there is no top to reach. You're never going to get there, but it's also unlimited. We place these ceilings on ourselves or we think that society places them, but it's really all in our imagination. Um, And there is no bottom. We think, oh, so-and-so hit rock bottom or I hit rock bottom. It's just our own personal limits. Because for somebody, having a glass of wine every night is a rock bottom. That's just not something that's acceptable to them. Mm. For others, they can lose their family, lose their friends, lose their job, lose their home, and it's still not enough. They keep going down. So you are the only one that gets to define your limits, and we do it every day without thinking. I love that perspective so much. I love that you said we place these ceilings and limits on ourselves. And that cross applies to every single space and every single personality. Okay, so when you think about that and you think about your journey that you write in your book, what's the answer? What's the what's the key to not doing that to ourselves? It's going to happen. So the the key is knowing that challenges are going to arise, tragedies are going to happen, we are going to lose people, we are going to lose jobs, the economy is going to tank. All these things are guaranteed to happen. It's almost like it is a, a, a stoic way of thinking about the world. Nothing is permanent at all, including these bodies we think are ours, but they're just borrowed. Mm. So first thinking there and then realizing that there's no, the big deal of life, the stress over a meeting or a pitch or a performance or a speech, that's all a hundred percent us and we could control it. And we can also control the the words, the vibes, and the energy that we wake up with every day and that we go to sleep with every night. And it doesn't matter if you live in a multi-million dollar home or you live in a tent on the side of the road. Right. You still get to control the thoughts that are in your mind that you allow to pop up. Or, I mean, sometimes they just pop up and you're like, oh, <laughs> But you get to control what stays there, what you right. replace it with, what you start your day with and what you end your day with. It's a lot easier right. to control what you end your day with. And in controlling what you start and end your day with, you better guide the middle part of your day that kind of just happens for you. It doesn't matter how well you plan it out. The day just happens. You know, somebody pulls out in front of you and you get in a car Absolutely. wreck. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
or Everything the line changes. at the store is so long that you have to rearrange your schedule and be late to a meeting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have your your three words that you kind of bring your everything around. Um, for me, I I discovered this um, just in the last couple of years. But explore, experience, connect. Those are those are my three words that I live by and that I am guided by in business and in life. And they're very very similar to yours. And that's why we like bonded yeah, connected right, right away. Right. Yes. <laughs> Everything you said, I was like, yes, 100%. I know. I know. I'm even listening to you now going, "Oh, I think I have a podcast on that." Absolutely. I love that. All of it. Um, so so yeah, explore, experience, connect and it's really about um you the the question that you had was how do we you know how do we control our lives and we don't but we can explore we can be open mm-hmm. we can also in you know in business that's the first place that I start I don't start with assumptions I start with exploring absolutely yeah and that happens when I start a new relationship or when a challenge comes up. Well, let's explore that. Where did that challenge come from? How could we have avoided it? Did right. it help us anyway? Because if a challenge pops up, then it's an opportunity to learn. Every failure is not really a failure. It's a it's a new door to open, opportunity to learn. I remember having a client, a, a large hotel chain, international hotel chain, and they had really terrible service in their new restaurant that we were supposed to be marketing. And... um when I brought it to the um, the director of operations for the hotel, a lot of people in that role, because I went to him and said, hey, we're not going to, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody walks in the restaurant, we get, you know, 2,000 people in, they're not going to come back a second time. So mm, right. this is beyond my control unless you, you know, at the time I wasn't doing coaching um, and training. So, but we were responsible for the numbers. And he said something that struck me, and that was, this is an amazing opportunity. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Mm-hmm. And I could tell in his body, <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How could you be? Yeah. But at the same time, instead of saying, no, staff, you're still responsible for those numbers. Bring them in. I'll figure out my stuff. He said, you're right. There's something to work on here. And then when he went to his staff, he didn't chew them out and say, you guys have dropped the ball. You're all fired. He said, we have an amazing opportunity here. You can either lean into the opportunity or then you can leave. Like, I'm not going to fire you. You're going to fire yourself by not leaning into the opportunity to grow. The stories we tell ourselves. Always. So that's the other thing. The answer to your original question is um, understanding that life is all an illusion. There's no nothing to take seriously. Even a huge loss is momentary. Yes, there are huge feelings around that. And they mm-hmm. continue to pop up. I've lost both of my parents, mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother. I've had lots and lots of loss. Um, but, and I, and I allow myself to like be a ball of snot on the floor. <laughs> feel all the things, feel all the things. Yeah. But at the same time, 
Even when I know that I'm moving through molasses to get out of that place of pain, Mm. it's a temporary slowness that is necessary for me. Mm. So I used to, I'm 43 now, for 41 years, I thought the only way to move up in life, to overcome the adversity I grew up with, or to get from one level to another that we think mm-hmm. we need to climb these ladders. Right. The only way to get there was hard work and brute force. So I had this analogy. The way I saw it in my head was that I was running full speed. And as soon as there was a roadblock or a wall, mm-hmm. like sometimes it felt like the Berlin Wall was just right there in front of me. I would just go, okay, and I'd turn right. And I'd run as fast as I could the other direction. And I didn't, I didn't plan it. I just knew that I was competing for something and that I needed, I needed to keep going and I needed to work 10 times harder than everyone else in order to get to square one. Oh, that resonates with me in a different way, but for sure. Yeah. I mean, and it resonates with more people than we realize, but for me, it was you know, in, I put myself through college and there was, there were no care packages. No one came right. and bought me dinner. Uh, you know, no one really did anything for me. In fact, my parents charged me rent when I went home for the summer. Um, so there, there was a, I remember, I remember realizing how expensive it is mm. to build a sandwich when you're starting from nothing. Mm. I don't even have mayonnaise. Okay, so I got to get bread and mayonnaise and meat. I guess I'll leave off the cheese because it's not really necessary. Mm. But, I mean, I I kind of want lettuce, but I can't afford the lettuce, you know? Like, so when you can't even afford to build yourself a sandwich, and then you're also, I was thinking, well, I could go to this place and buy a sandwich, but then I'd have one. Right. I'd have one meal if I buy it. So in order to get to the place where I can go to the grocery store and buy anything I want, organic, for fun, I can like, woohoo, just my cart. I had to work what seemed like a thousand times harder. But then I got to a place where I didn't have to do that anymore, but it was my habit Mm. to do that. Oh, that's good. The habits we create from our experience. And we're told to do that as well. We're told that's good. You know, that was that was one of the things that my my dad instilled in me was, well, in the way that he would put it, is like you're really nothing if you're not a hard worker. Mm. And a lot of men resonate with that. Sure. If you're not a hard worker, especially physically, yeah, then you what are you? So I had to I had to retrain myself and re, and train myself that it's okay to move slowly. It's okay to sit still and and have space. As a matter of fact, it's better for everything. To connect with where you are and what you need. That's yeah. so good. So that's the experience connect. So once you explore, you look at the experience that you want. And is there a disconnect between the experience that I want 
And that is so many levels, you know, you can look at, is this home what I want? Is, you know, mm. the colors, the place where I'm living. Um, or for me, it was the experience inside my body. The constant fear and anxiety, mm. the lack of self-acceptance. And then taking the time to explore Instead of having moved so many times, the reason that that's important is because every time you go into a new room, or in my case, you completely change your whole environment, yeah. you don't realize that you are you check yourself at the door to say, how am I going to show up here? Mm. And so minorities see this, they feel it all the time because every room that they walk into, they they have to explore how they're being received. But when you are always new, you're always looking at, am I, what do I need to change quickly in order to be accepted? Adapt, yeah. In order to adapt. So that, that lends itself to, to a constant fear. Um, but it also lends itself, it, there's so many great things in it, like adaptability and the, the ability to read a room and see who, you know, there's part of like, who's the threat? Who's the alpha? Sure. Who, who do I need to get absolutely. to know here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of salespeople have, you know, traumas in their past that allow them to like bond and rapport and quickly get to what they need. Um, so there's, there's a lot of skills in there, which then leads itself to the connect part. So we explore, we experience what the what's the experience that I want to have in my life, in my work, in my relationships, and in my body. And that's the part that people miss most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then connect. How are you connecting to those experiences? Are you really showing up or is it just for a show? Absolutely. Are you as a business connecting with your audience, as a leader connecting with your team? Yep. That's the thing that I talk about the absolute most. Yeah. So how, how do you go about bringing forth the connection when well, you're seeing that it's... And I love, I love that you talk about connecting with yourself because I find with the companies and the people that I work with, you are the first person that you let go of. Taking care of you is the very first thing that goes out the door. And think about your everyday life, right? When you get slammed and life is busy, your workout, your self-care, those are the very first things to go because others, others have to be taken care of, especially if, you know, you're, you're a parent or, you know, in charge of a lot of employees, there is just a, a lot of life that you feel responsible for, which is completely understandable. But to your point, when you talked about slowing down, your ability to connect with what you need is going to make you show up better and you'll be able to feel those cups for others even more full and and better than you were before if you let completely go of what you need and so connecting with what you need is for sure something that i talk about but then connecting with others takes building those relationships right it takes mm -hmm. rather than just assessing uh, i see you this is what i think i need to get out of you to get what i need right but what 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 do they need what do they need in the conversation not just what do you need and that takes building relationship, which kind of is, is the basis of a lot of my connection pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, and going back to the, the slowing down part, um, what a lot of people don't realize is that slowing down actually allows for greater success across the board. Because you're, you're going to make less mistakes. You're going to see everything clearly so that you can, you can see all the pathways. I mean, think about if you're driving down the highway at 100 miles an hour, you're likely going to miss your exit or you're not going to see that thing that was on the road. Yep. So you're, you're not only not taking care of yourself, it's, it's unsafe. It's unsafe for your whole organization if you don't take the time to slow down. And that's, that's self-care. So when you are healthy and happy, you're going to make better decisions. And we, you know, we say this to mothers all the time, and it's so difficult um, because there's so much to do. Yes. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But when the whole family dynamic, and it's not just the husband, but like the, the mother-in-law and the, the sisters and the cousins, and when everybody understands that, that physical health and mental health and emotional health is um, more important than financial health because one affects the other and vice versa. But um, when we realize how much it all is tied together and we have a support system to get us there, that's when that's that's where corporations succeed multi-generationally. It's when they set up those systems to move slowly and smoothly and in a supportive, connected way. I love your analogy about the driving. And of course, this feels like I'm getting called out and you don't even I'm fixing to share it, but I feel it. Today I had physical therapy and she'd be like, okay, you have, it's for some mess with my knees. And she's like, you have 10 reps of three on each knee doing this thing. And I'm just like, okay, one, two, like, let's get it done. Let's get it done. And she's like, well, let's slow down and relook at your form. Like, but if I, but if I finish faster, can I get out sooner? Cause that's where, right. Which completely gets rid of the reason that I'm there in strengthening the spot on my knee to take care of, you know, all the things, mm -hmm. another Another beautiful example of a struggle that I have is, I mean, I, I always put so many things on my plate. I'm going a million miles a minute to the point that I, I do get exhausted and there is burnout sitting in that space. And there's the lack of doing things well sometimes like me and PT today. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wow. reminds me when I was younger, I did P90X. Uh, Ooh, for, you for were exercise. strong. Nice. Uh, and then the the one beyond that, I can't remember what it was, but it was like the same company was promoting like next level. And um, the, it just seemed fast. And I, I'm, I'm all I'm like you, like I want to be efficient. But once I get started on exercise, I want to just keep going because of those endorphins. But, um, but the first thing I thought was, I am going to kill myself. It's not that I can't physically do the exercise, but this, the, the, uh, chance for injury is so much higher if you're not yes. being the right form. Well, and not only that cross apply that to every space of your life. Can you do it? Sure. Is it going to make you go faster? Probably in the moment. Will you accomplish goals that you're trying to accomplish along the way quicker? Maybe, but you might injure yourself doing it. You might mm -hmm. lose teammates. You might lose customers. Back to your original example, you might lose people along the journey if you don't slow down and do it right the first time. 
Yes. And so it's not beyond that, like taking that and looking at the entire organization from that standpoint, I was just working with uh, a an organization recently that is in startup mode. They're getting financing, not financing, they're getting funding in a really big way. It's a phenomenal company, phenomenal service um, and, uh, and technology. They hired a C-suite. And this happens all the time where these startups get into fast growth mode. And the C-suite now, they're all powerful people who've had great successes, but they see the, and feel the pressure of, sure. and they put the pressure on themselves. I have to perform. They're paying me this huge bucket of money and um, we've got I've got to perform in all these different ways. So then they go and say, we need this software, we need this technology, we need this team, we need to hire these people. But they're looking at, first of all, their own ego, like I need to perform. People are watching me. I need to perform. Then they're looking at their own department. In order for me to be seen as successful, I need to X. What gets missed most of the time in this phase of business and will continue on if you allow it from that phase is the isolated departments that in, instead of working together, point fingers. Mm. So let's say marketing brings in a, a new tool and software, AI, that can bring in um, 500 leads a month. Sounds fabulous. Qualified, warm leads. And then sales at first says, yes, we need all the leads. We need all the warm leads if you can, if you can get it. But the sales team hasn't been trained and they, they're new. They really, they don't have any case studies yet. And there's only one or two people. Can they really handle 500 leads? So let's say these 500 leads are like, yeah, I'm in. This sounds like a fantastic thing. Yep. But then you next. don't, you don't contact all 500 people. So then you're already, your, your brand experience, they're saying like, no, th- these people are not going to give us the service that we want. I mean, this is, this is really important stuff. So they're not going to give us the service we want. Beyond that, sales and marketing are constantly, and, and a lot of times the CEO of the company is saying, what are your numbers? What are your numbers? What are your numbers? So marketing says, we brought in 500 leads plus all this other stuff. Right. Sales says, we called 350 people that, and, you know, had meetings and did demos and we turned that into a hundred sales. Cool. Okay. Looks like good conversions, looks like good stuff, but there's no service support team. Right. And then what's the onboarding process? Right. So really in the long run, you have 50, maybe new customers that can be serviced well in this phase of the business. So you have 500 and you have 50 that get onboarded well, and then you have another 450 that have a really bad experience. Mm-hmm. You, have you can't to call them back again. You right. can't you call have them back to think again. big picture. That's, I love that. And I, one of the things that I do, and I know, I don't know that I've shared it with you, but I know I've shared it on the podcast. One of the things that I do is I work with teams on what are your team pillars and so what do you want? Like, what, what are our overarching goals? What do you want your culture to look like and feel like? What does it look like and feel like, like actually? And then how do we create that, right? So in looking at your big overarching goals and what pillars are important to you, if 
the customer journey is important to you, if retention of your people and making sure your people are enjoying their workspace is important to you, when looking at that big picture, how are you making that happen? Because your sales team might want to quit at the end of your example, right? So big picture, slowing down enough to think all the way through what the pain points could be, what success look like, and, and how do you create an action plan that can actually build your pillars up, keep the leg, the leg standing on the pillars that you're claiming, and, and create movement towards the goals you've set as, as a brand, as a company. It's beautiful. I love and it. I love support the other support the other pillars. So mm-hmm. everybody knows each other's pillars. If there's new software, you say, how can this software support yeah. all of our departments or in, you know, intertwine with looking at the entire organization? Take slowing down. Oh my gosh. We've talked about so many great things. Uh, I love that we got to talk a little bit about your book and your journey because your journey journey is so unique and beautiful. I love the lessons you've learned from your journey that you share with us. And of course, your experience with branding is super cool. But tell me, what would you say are your top three takeaways from today's episode with you, Steph? The first and most important thing is to find a way to control the words and the feelings you start and end your day with. If you create no new habits, no exercise, change in diet, anything like that, controlling the words in your head change your life. Mm-hmm. So start by telling yourself you're loved or you're going to be productive today or <laughs> whatever it is that you need to tell yourself when you first wake up. And, you know, some people say it's intention, it's a mantra, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have to be woo. It could be talking to God. It could just be yeah. a reminder. Okay. I'm loved because I love myself. I don't care about anybody else, whatever it is. Yes. So that's- <laughs> That's hard. It's that's hard to know, but um, but that that's the first thing, and then the second thing would be to understand that you have more um, freedom in your life than you realize. There is no top. There there is no bottom. The expectations out there are really what you put on yourself, as well as the limits, and that's a big one. That is a big one. I'm I'm taking in your words, filing them in my brain. I needed that one for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. And then slow down. Um, I didn't I didn't think that I was going to talk about that so much today, but I think that's really important for high achievers because yeah. we think we need to do all things. We think because Julie has a podcast, I need to have a podcast, and because. She also gets the kids to soccer and all the things. I need to do all that too. And we don't need to do all those things. Sometimes we need to sit and stare at a wall and that's okay. Or if something is happening in your life, allow yourself to move slowly through it. And I I'm, I usually, my habit is to say moving through molasses. One of my friends said moving through honey. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's even better. Because that sounds sweet. I mean, molasses yeah. is kind of bitter, right? Yeah. Or like sometimes we say quicksand and that's like suffocating and scary. Yes. Oh, I but love that. Terminology. You move through honey. There's something sweet about it. And it's a gift to yourself. Well, I know that I needed today. I needed today with you because your words have brought me life and reminders that I personally needed. But tell me, what is your challenge to our audience this week? Uh, the the biggest challenge 
is to look at your life with complete honesty. That is challenging. And that doesn't necessarily mean like you're, are you telling everyone the truth all the time when somebody's wearing an ugly hat and <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perspective people. Hold on. <laughs> it, it means when you say like, gosh, I'm not pretty enough to be in that group, or I'm a total failure or those things that you say in your head, or I've got to achieve X in order to yeah. do anything. Is that really true? Are you being honest with yourself? And does that feel, does it make my body feel good to be that way or say that thing and be truly honest? Don't let it, don't just push that aside. That is a perfect challenge. Thank you. Okay. Your favorite quote. We're going to steal one more nugget of wisdom from you. What is your very favorite quote that you use in life? Where focus goes, energy flows, Tony Robbins. A lot of people have said this in in many different ways, but um, I bought the shirt, so. (laughs) It's officially the favorite. There's a shirt in your closet. I love that. Where Mm -hmm. focus goes. Okay. And the the thing about that, and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm like talking more about each one, but it's a thing that I know to be true and I forget about it. So if, for instance, you're, you are scared because it's the holidays and you're not sure if you have enough money or you don't like putting stuff on a credit card or you don't have as many lights as your neighbor, whatever it is, that focus is creating a negative energy around this thing that really doesn't matter. So if you turn your focus in the other direction, if you feel yourself focusing on something that is spiraling into something that doesn't feel good, um, turn it around in the other direction and focus on what feels good and an optimism of some sort. Like, I'm really excited that I have an opportunity to get more lights next year if that's my competition or to, um, to grow financially or whatever it might be. Just turn that negative focus into a positive. Otherwise, there's nowhere to go but deeper down into that. And then the honey becomes quicksand. Mm-hmm. That is so good. And that links straight to your challenge. You have to honestly look at where are you focusing negative energy? Where are you pouring a terrible mindset into who you show up as every single day? That's beautiful. Steph, this has been such a gift of a conversation. Thank you for joining me. Thank I you. Appreciate you. Yes. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, thanks for listening and being my people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hook me up with a five-star review. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the People Priority Podcast so you don't miss out on more tips, tricks, and important reminders. I'll see you next week.